0: نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما So kitab مواقيت الصلاة Inshallah we'll begin from bab number 23 فضل العشاء The excellence of عشاء prayer The virtue, the reward of عشاء prayer Meaning how important is it Is performing Rishat difficult? Sometimes it is difficult. Why is it difficult? That sometimes it comes in very late, and sometimes when it's early, what happens is that we keep delaying and delaying and delaying until it is too late. And because it is the last prayer of the day, in the sense that before we go to sleep, that's also why it becomes difficult. Because you've been up since morning, you've done so much, so by now you're exhausted. And it is difficult to pray Isha prayer So at that time It is necessary that we remember The reward of Isha prayer Because when you remember The reward of something The importance of something Then it becomes easier So what is the excellence of Isha prayer? We know about the excellence of Fajr and Asr What is that? That if a person performs them regularly On time Then inshallah he will be able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Very clearly, very easily Without any difficulty Zuhur prayer Alhamdulillah it's not that difficult but when it comes to Isha, it does become difficult sometimes. So what's the fabul? عَنْ عَنْهَا she informed, قَالَتْ she said, Rasulullah اللَّهِ Laylatan that one night the Prophet meaning he delayed the Isha prayer. and that was Qabla before ayyafshu al-Islam that Islam had spread, meaning this was before the conquests. This was before the conquests, so the Muslims were where in Medina, and how many people were there as Muslims? There were in a couple hundred, but still there were not as many as there were after the conquests. So qabla ayyafshu al-Islam, this refers to the time before the conquests. Falam yakhruj, so he did not come out. Meaning the Prophet ﷺ did not come out to pray Hatta until قَالَ عُمَرُ Until Umar said نَامَ النِّسَاءُ وَالصِّبِيَانُ That the women and the children have slept. Meaning it has become so late. فَخَرَجَ So the Prophet came out فَقَالَ لِأَهْلِ الْمَسْجِدِ So he said to the people of the masjid meaning who were present over there waiting for Isha' that مَا يَنْتَظِرُهَا أَحَدٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ غَيْرُكُمْ مَا ينتظرها. No one is waiting for it. For what? For Isha prayer. أَحَدٌ Any person من أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ From the people of the earth غَيْرُكُم Besides you. Meaning on the entire earth there is no one waiting to perform any prayers except for you. Because everyone at this time is either already sleeping or they're resting, relaxing, having fun with their families and friends. But you choose to come here and wait for prayers, there is no one who is like you. And this happened when? At a time when the Muslims were few. Because remember, this was before the conquests. Because Islam had not spread that much across the lands. Therefore, there were many Muslims who perhaps had prayed by themselves and gone, as we will learn from the following ahadith First of all, there weren't many people who were going to perform Isha anyway. Secondly, those who were going to perform Isha, some performed it themselves and went back. And then there were some who remained in the masjid waiting for the Prophet ﷺ all that time. So the Prophet ﷺ praised them. He gave them good news over here that no one is doing what you are doing. No one is doing what you are doing. So those people who pray Isha, even though it has become very late, who are they then? Allah's special servants, because they are doing something unique that no one else is doing. حدثنا محمد بن العلاء قال أخبرنا أبو أسامة عن بريدن عن أبي بردتة عن أبي موسى قال كنت أنا وأصحابي. He said, I and my companions, الذين قدموا معي those who came with me في السفينة in the ship Nuzulan. Disembarked fi Baqir ibuthan at Baqir Buthan. Meaning, I and some of my companions, we came over the sea and crossed the sea and we disembarked where? At Baqir Buthan. Basically, they came to the Prophet from some faraway place. When Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi Wasallam sallam bil Madina. And at that time, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa used to be in Medina, Fakana yatanawabun Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Salatul then he would take turns with the Prophet ﷺ for their Isha prayer. Who? Those group of companions who had come. Kulla every night nafaru minhum a group of them. Meaning, a group would go one night, another group would go another night. They would take turns. So that فوافقنا النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنا ashabi. Meaning so, I and my companions could take turns in praying with the Prophet ﷺ. So what happened one night walahu and he had meaning the messenger of allah had ba'dush shughli some occupation meaning he was busy fi amrihi in some of his matters so what happened fa'atama so he delayed the night prayer atama remember that atama is used especially for isha prayer when it is delayed so he delayed the isha prayer until it was very late how late Hatta until ibhar until it became the middle of the night, until the middle of the night. So you remember that isha prayer is valid until when? Half the night. So it reached that point. ثُمَّ خَرَجَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ Then the Prophet ﷺ came out, فَصَلَّى بِهِمْ And he performed prayers with them. فَلَمَّا قَضَى صَلَاتَهُ Then when he finished his prayers, قَالَ لِمَنْ حَضَرَهُ He said to those who were present with him, عَلَى رِسْلِكُمْ Go your way now. Meaning go home now. أَبْشِرُوا And rejoice. إِنَّ مِنْ نِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ that indeed of the blessing of Allah upon you is what? That anahu laysa ahadun minan nasi That there is no one from mankind, from all of people, yusalli hadhi had who is praying salah at this time, at this hour, ghayrukum besides you. or he said, ma salla ahadun ghayrukum No one has prayed at this hour besides you. La yadri he did not know, meaning the narrator, اَيَّ الْكَلِمَتَيْنِ قال, Which of the two statements the Prophet said, قَالَ Abu Musa فَرَجَعْنَا Abu Musa said, so we returned, فَفَرِحْنَا So we were very happy بِمَا سَمِعْنَا مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عليه وسلم. Because of what he had heard from him. So what does it show over here? That Isha' prayer, it is better to perform it later. We see that the usual habit of the Prophet was that he prayed Isha' prayers early. However, at some occasions he delayed that prayer. And when he delayed it, he gave good news to the companions that rejoice over the fact that no one, that it is a blessing of Allah upon you that you were able to pray at this time when no one was able to pray. No one was praying. So this shows to us that if a person is able to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even though he is the only one or even though he is one of the few people who are doing something good then this is what? A blessing of Allah upon him. This is a blessing of Allah upon him. Recently I read something that Ibn al-Qayyim wrote in Mataruj al that فَأَهْلُ الْإِسْلَامِ فِي النَّاسِ That the people of Islam amongst mankind are ghuraba they are strangers. Why? Because there are few. وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ فِي أَهْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ And the believers in the people of Islam are strangers. Because there is a difference between being a common Muslim and taking your faith seriously. And the people of knowledge amongst believers are strangers. And the people of the Sunnah. Those whose mission is to differentiate, to clarify the Sunnah from the people's desires and innovations, those people are more strangers. And he said, وَدَّاعُونَ ilayha?" And the people who call to the sunnah, أَصَّابِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَذَىٰ Who are patient on the hurt of who? أَلْمُخَالِفِينَ Of those who oppose them. whom أَشْهَدُ هَا They are really most strange people in the sense that they are the most غريب people. They are really the strangers. From among all of mankind. But then he says that Allah says, That if you follow the majority of the people on the earth, they'll lead you astray from the way of Allah. So if a person is able to do something good when no one is doing it, or only a few people are doing it, but he believes that, yes, this is something good, this is something important, then that is what? A blessing of Allah upon him. The Prophet said here, it is a blessing. But the sad thing is that we love to be around people all the time. We love to do what everyone is doing. And if we happen to be doing something that everyone is not doing, then we feel as though we are wasting our time. And majority is not authority anyway. And also, a person should remain humble at this time. That, for instance, if he or she is able to pray salah when no one is praying, whether it is in the middle of the night, or before Fajr, tahajjud or, or anything And everybody else is sleeping Then a person should realize That this is Allah's blessing upon him Also many times it happens That we find ourselves struggling Everyone has it so easy And we are struggling I mean these are the few companions Who stayed behind in the masjid Waiting, waiting, waiting To pray with the Prophet Where were the rest of the Muslims? Perhaps they had prayed themselves And gone off to their homes But they remain behind, waiting to pray with him. Because sometimes it happens that we have to struggle a lot to reach high standards. And we might feel at that time that it's not worth it. But remember that it's worth it. Every single minute and second of it. As we will learn in the following ahadith that the Prophet also said to those companions that as long as you were waiting, you were in your prayers. You got the ajr of salah. So remember that when a person does something good for the sake of Allah, even if he's the only one or one of the few people, it's worth it. Even if it's very, very difficult, still it is worth it. Bab ma mina قبل al isha. Ma that it is disliked, meaning the undesirability of what? Mina naum of sleep قبل al isha before isha. Meaning the Prophet disliked that a person should sleep before performing. Isha'a prayers. حدثنا محمد بن سلام قال أخبرنا عبد الوهاب الثقفي قال حدثنا خالد الحذاء عن أبي المنهال عن أبي برزة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يكره النوم قبل العشاء والحديث بعدها The Prophet الله عليه وسلم disliked sleep before Isha and speech after it. Talking after it. Why? Why did he dislike that a person should sleep before Isha? Because then he will have to break his sleep in order to get up and pray. And that will be even more difficult. And he might even miss his prayers then. Correct? Because the thing is that once you're in deep sleep, then it's very difficult for you to get up. There might be somebody trying to wake you up. You might be struggling to get up yourself, but it's very difficult upon you. So a person might miss his prayers or he will have to face a lot of difficulty in order to perform the prayer on time. So what is best is that a person should control their nafs or else it will be even more difficult afterwards. Remember that we have to suffer one of two things. Either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret afterwards. So, right now, discipline yourself, control yourself, hold on, five minutes more, ten minutes more, you know, make yourself, do wudu and pray, even though you're very sleepy, and perform Isha, and then go to sleep. And the thing is that when you're sleeping without having performed Isha, you can't even sleep properly. Because you have this guilt, I have to get up and pray, I have to get up and pray. And you can't lie down in bed, so a person is lying down on the floor, or on the couch. Right? So, Prayer Isha and go sleep comfortably. The second thing that he disliked was wal haditha ba'daha and talking after Isha. Meaning, people talking amongst themselves after performing Isha. Like, for example, there is a group of people performed Isha at the masjid together. And then they sit and they chat for a half an hour, 45 minutes. And then they say, let's go for a coffee. And then it gets even later, even later. Hmm? or a person says, okay, let's meet after Isha, then what will happen? What's the harm of this? What's the danger of this? That sleep will be delayed. Right? If you talk, if you socialize after Isha, then sleep will be delayed. Like for example, you perform Isha, and then you go to a wedding party. When do you get home? 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, sometimes even later. And when you come home, then you have to get to bed. So your sleep will be delayed. And you won't get enough sleep. And then your fajr will be affected. And then, even if your fajr is not affected, your following day will be affected. You won't be as productive then. So the Prophet disliked, he didn't forbid, but he disliked talking after Isha, socialization after Isha prayers. But remember that there are some exceptions to this. What are they? First of all, a person talking to their family. For example, a husband and wife having a conversation. There is no harm in that. So please don't do this at after Isha when your husband comes home or, and he wants to have a conversation with you. You say, no, no. 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 There is no harm in a husband and wife talking to one another after Isha. Why? Because usually this is the time when they get to speak. Because until then, the whole world is around them or the children are around them. They can't have A simple conversation. And it is necessary for the family to bond with one another. So if that is the time they find to speak with one another, there is no harm in that. Secondly, a guest. That if there is a guest who has come to your house, let's say late in the evening, and they're staying over, and you just perform orsha and go to sleep, you don't even ask them how they're feeling, if they need anything. You don't even have any casual conversation with them. They're jet lagged and you can't have a casual conversation with them, then this is not really treating the guest well. This is not honoring the guest. So if there is a need to speak to the guest, then again there is no harm. Thirdly, concerning matters of knowledge. Remember in Kitabul ilm we learned about al-Sahr right? bil Staying awake in the night in order to learn, in order to revise, in order to discuss certain matters. So asking a question or something like that, in the night after Isha, having a discussion over that, no harm in that again. But this doesn't mean that a person starts calling people at this time. No. But if there is somebody who is around you, like for example, sometimes it happens that two sisters are studying the same thing. Or you are studying one thing, and then you start discussing with your sister or with your family something of knowledge at this time. There is no harm in that. And fourthly, Another exception that has been made is that discussing some important matter concerning the welfare of Muslims. So for instance, there are people who may be working together for an Islamic cause. all right? And there is some urgent, important matter that has to be discussed. And the only time that it can be discussed is after Isha, for example. Is there any harm in that? No. And you might think that we already do this anyway. So what's the big deal? The thing is that we should realize the Prophet disliked Hadith after Isha. So we should avoid it. We should avoid it. And once we start avoiding talking after Isha, really when we go to bed at the right time, we will be able to get up at the right time. And then the whole day, inshallah, will be productive as well. So it begins with these little, little habits that sometimes we don't pay much attention to, but they make a whole lot of difference. So we see that the Prophet dislikes talking after Isha and the exceptions that have been given are which ones? Basically, for some benefit, for some genuine reason, some benefit, some maslaha, some specific benefit or some general benefit, there has to be a genuine reason. And we see that if people don't take care of this, then what happens is that first of all, they get affected and others also get affected. Like for example, if within a house... If somebody has a television on, loud, then those who are trying to sleep will be struggling. Sometimes it happens that older people, they're not that considerate of younger children who are sleeping. And because of their loud conversations, what happens? Little children, their sleep gets affected. So it's necessary that we take care of this. باب al li man ghuliba. Sleeping before Isha' for those who are overcome by sleep. Liman غُلِبَ He was overcome by sleep. What does this mean? That the Prophet ﷺ disliked sleeping before Isha' However, in unusual circumstances where a person is extremely sleepy they are not able to stay awake then can they take some rest before performing Isha' Yes, they can. That allowance is there. But remember, it should not be a regular habit of a person, a routine, that they're sleeping before Isha, and somebody's trying to wake them up for an hour, two hours, wake up, wake up, wake up, to perform Isha, this should not be done, because in this a person is suffering themselves, and also others are suffering because of them. And also, one may sleep before performing Isha, when there is enough time, okay? Meaning, that, let's say these days, if a person is sleeping at around 10 o'clock, they go to bed, they haven't performed Risha, and then they wake up at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock to perform Risha, that might be too late. Like 1 o'clock is too late these days. So there's several things that we have to remember. First of all, there should be plenty of time for you to rest and get up and pray. And secondly, it should not be a habit. (laughs) حدثنا أيوب بن سليمان قال حدثني أبو بكر عن سليمان قال صالح بن كَيْسَانَ أخبرني ابن شهاب عن عروة أن عائشة قالت اعشى ضرو عنها narrated اعتمر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بالعشاء the prophet deferred the isha prayer حتى until عمر called him by saying the prayer and he said, نَامَ النِّسَاءُ وَالصِّبِيَانُ The women and the children have slept. فَخَرَجَ So the Prophet ﷺ came out. فَقَالَ So he said, مَا يَنْتَظِرُهَا أَحَدٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ غَيْرُكُمْ No people on the earth would have waited for it except you. No people from the earth would have waited for it except you. The fact that you waited, struggled, strove, you did صَبْرُ that shows your high status. He said, "In those days, Salah would not be performed except in the city of Medina. Meaning that was the only masjid, perhaps, or around the city of Medina. So Medina and its surrounding areas. Outside of that, there was no place where there was a Muslim community, and Salah would be performed over there. Like we know about Kuba, okay, and we know about certain other places. But remember, they're very close to." Medina and now they're in fact a part of Medina. But other than that, there was no place where salah was performed in congregation. So this is why the Prophet ﷺ said that. yusalluna," and they will perform the salah at what time? Fima in that time that was Baina between Anyriba Shafaqu that the Shafaq would disappear. What is Shafaq? The redness of the sunset. Until ilā until sulūthil al awwal until the first third of the night, meaning the usual habit of the Prophet ﷺ was to pray Isha somewhat early, when the time between the disappearance of the redness of the sunset and what does that mean beginning of Isha until a third of the night. So this is why that one night when the Prophet delayed the prayer, and it was hard upon the people, the Prophet gave them good news. Now what's the bab? Where do we learn that from? From this hadith. Yes, that the women and the children slept. Meaning, there were some women perhaps who had come to the masjid to perform isha okay, with the Prophet and they had brought along their children with them and they couldn't wait anymore. They were waiting and they just fell asleep. They couldn't stay awake. Or this means that there were women who were at home and who had slept. Why? Because it had become so late. So the people couldn't hear the crying of the children anymore, basically. And obviously women are obligated to pray salah. So if they had slept, what does it mean? That when the Prophet would come out to pray, what would they do? They would wake up and then they would pray Isha. So this shows that if a person is not able to stay awake, he may sleep. There is no sin in that. But they should get up and حدثنا محمود قال أخبرنا عبد الرزاق قال أخبرني ابن جرير قال أخبرني نافع قال حدثنا عبد الله بن عمر أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the prophet الله once عنها <shughele> ليلة <anha leylatan> he was busy one night meaning from performing their Isha prayer فأخرها so he deferred it until رقدنا في Masjid, until we all fell asleep in the masjid. I imagine companions are waiting in the masjid. Just bring that scene to your mind. And what happened? They all fell asleep. ثم استيقظنا Then we woke up. ثم رقدنا Then again we fell asleep. ثم استيقظنا Then again we woke up. ثم خرج علينا النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Then he came out to us. ثم قال Then he said: ليس أحد من أهل الأرض ينتظر غيركم. No one on the earth. Except for you is waiting for salah besides you. Wa kana ibn Umar and Ibn Umar la yubali. He did not mind. Aqaddamaha am akharaha. To either pray salah, meaning rishah salah early, or delay it. Ida kana, as long as he would not la yakhsha an yaglibahu al-nawmu an Waktiha. He wouldn't mind praying Isha early or late as long as he didn't fear that sleep would overcome him. So in that case, he wouldn't mind. So certain nights what happens is that you are very, very sleepy. So in that situation, what is best? Prayer Isha and then sleep. In other days, you're fine. So there's no harm whether you prayed early at 6.30, at 7 o'clock, or you prayed at 10.30. Okay, It doesn't make a difference Because that is what Ibn Umar used to do So sometimes he would pray early Sometimes he would pray late Whatever was feasible for him And he would also lie down Rest or sleep before it Meaning there were times When Ibn Umar would sleep before Isha. And remember that If a person is able to get up easily Then really there is no harm Like for instance In some parts of the year, Isha is very, very late. And in certain countries, it's even later. Okay, Or in certain cities, in this country, it's even later. So, if there is a person who makes their habit that they sleep immediately after Maghrib, or soon after Maghrib. So, for example, by 6 o'clock they're sleeping. Okay, Or by 5 o'clock they're sleeping. Sometimes people are able to do such things. And then they wake up at around twelve thirty, one 1 o'clock, and then they pray there Isha, and then after some time they pray their Tahajjud, and then they pray their Fajr. No harm in that. Okay? There's no harm in that. Because Ibn Umar, what do we see? Wakana qablaha. Sometimes he would even sleep before Isha prayer. But remember that if a person has that ability to control themselves, then they should do it. But if you know that you find it difficult to wake up, and there you are missing your and missing your tahadjud and missing your fajr. So it's better that you pray before sleeping. Also, one more thing we see over here is that the people slept while waiting, they woke up, they slept again, okay? They woke up and they performed risha with the Prophet. And we don't see that they performed wudu. Because remember, we learned earlier that sleep in itself does not nullify a person's wudu, but that sleep should be brief and light. Okay, brief and light now if a person is sitting in the masjid reclining against the wall and they do end up sleeping for let's say 5-10 minutes that sleep is not going to be very deep and even if it's very deep it's not that long and they're still in the sitting position قَالَ ibn جُرَيْجٍ ابن جُرَيْج said I said to عَطَاء who is عَطَاء? the one who is telling him this hadith وقال سمعت ابن عباس and I heard Ibn Abbas يقوله that he was saying اعتمر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليلة بالعشاء that I heard Ibn Abbas saying that one night the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم deferred عشاء prayer حتى رقد الناس واستيقظوا until the people slept and they woke up ورقدوا واستيقظوا and they slept again and they woke up again and this shows that they were waiting for a long time فقام عمر بن الخطاب فقال الصلاة عنه um, he got up and he said as-salah Look at the way in which he asked the Prophet. ﷺ. He didn't say, Everything okay, we're we're falling asleep here, we've been waiting so long. And sometimes it happens that people are very, very rude with the Imam. If the Imam is half a minute late, one minute late, what happens? They become so rude and sometimes they have no respect and they just take up the microphone and they start leading the prayers. Themselves I've witnessed this myself That people have no regard for the Imam at all Because these days unfortunately Imam is just a person who has been hired to lead Them in prayers So no respect for him, nothing at all But Umar anhu He got up and he just said As-salah And in the other narration we learn That he said that the women and the children Have slept He didn't say We've been waiting very long. He's not complaining. Not complaining at all. In a respectful way, he's asking the Prophet And one should also realize that if the Imam is not coming, there must be a reason. In all of these narrations, what do we see? That the Prophet got busy with something. Some of his affairs. So being patient with the Imam and being patient with the teacher is something very important. And Ibn Abbas he was one of those people who would wait outside the houses of the older companions. In the heat. Wait for so long in order to seek knowledge. So anyway, قَالَ عَطَاءٌ عَطَاءٌ said قَالَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ فَخَرَجَ نبي اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم came out, كَأَنِّي أَنظُرُ إِلَيْهِ الْآنِ And it is as though I can see him right now. He could see that coming of the Prophet in his mind it was like a playback, it was like a replay water was dripping from his head وَاضِعًا يَدَهُ and he had placed his hand on his head he had just performed wudu, so he had come out, water still dripping from his head and his hand was on his head فَقَالَ so he said لولا أَنْ ala عَلَى أمتي if it was not difficult upon my ummah la amar tohum and yusalluha haka. I would have ordered them to pray it, meaning risha, like this, meaning at this time, meaning they should delay it. They should delay it when everyone has gone to sleep, the streets are quiet, the lights are out, hmm? the roads are empty, and here is a person driving in the dark, empty road. Why? To go perform Isha, the Prophet ﷺ liked that. He said, "If it was not difficult upon my Ummah, this is what I would have commanded them to do: to pray Isha late." And we see that in many masajid these days, especially they pray Isha early, meaning as soon as the time comes in, they pray immediately. And while that is convenient for many people, we see that praying Isha late is also good. Why is it that people don't like to pray Isha late? Like for example, these days around eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock. Because they say that it breaks your evening. You can't go out, you can't do something at home. It breaks your evening. But we see that when a person is going late for Isha, when no one is doing that, that is also something that is praiseworthy. So what happened? First, So I confirmed from Ata' and who's saying this? Ibn Jurayj that كَيْفَ وَضَعَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عليه وَسَلَّمَ عَلَىٰ رَأْسِهِ يَدَهُ how did the Prophet ﷺ place his hand over his head? Meaning, because he, that's the description that he gave. He came out, water dripping from his head, his hand on the head. So he asked him, how, where was his hand over his head? How had he placed it? Kama anba'ahu ibn Abbas. He wanted to know exactly as Ibn Abbas had informed him. So what happened? Fa baddada li aata'un. he separated. Leave for me aata'un Baina between his fingers ab مِن تَبْدِيد a little bit of separation meaning he separated the fingers a little لِي for me meaning to show me ثُمَّ وَضَعَ then he placed أطراف the edges so the fingertips of what أَصَابِعِهِ of his fingers عَلَى قَرْنِ on the side of the head hmm? so he placed the fingertips on the side of the head ثُمَّ then he joined them together. Meaning the fingers, he joined them together. As he placed them on the head, he joined them together. And قرن, by the way, is the side of the head. You have a right side of the head, you have a left side of the head, so on the side of the head. يَمُرُّهَا Kadalik, He was passing it like that. Meaning he was passing the fingers on the head like that. عَلَى الرَّأْسِ On the head, until Masat it touched Ibhamuhu, His thumb Tarafa The edge of what? al Udun of the ear. So he was passing his fingers like that, okay, on his head to show him how the Prophet was doing it. And in that process what happened? His thumb touched the tip of the ear, the side of the ear. Which side? Mimma from that yali Wajha, which is closer to the face. So the part of the ear that is closer to the face, that's where the thumb was touching. Allah Sudh, on the temple. Okay, so basically, you know, your forehead the part between your forehead and your ear That's your temple So that's where his hand was And his thumb was touching the tip of the ear And the tip of the beard So basically He was passing his hand okay, Stroking his fingers From his head to his beard And while he was passing it back and forth What was happening? The thumb was touching the ear now, this image, this description brought in my mind the image of many men I have seen who, after performing wudu, what happens? They're passing their hand between their head and their beard. So that is what the Prophet was doing. La yuqassiru wa la yabtushu. Illa kadalik. La He was not, yuqassiru was not doing it slowly and wa la Nor he was doing it quickly. But he was doing it just like that. Softly stroking his. A hand on the side of his head, from above the ear down to the top of the beard, as if you know running a comb, okay, through the hair. Waqala and he said, and as he was doing that, the Prophet ﷺ he said, Lo an ashq ala la amartuhum an If it was not difficult on my ummah I would have ordered them to pray salah at this time. And this teaches us one more thing about the Prophet ﷺ that how. Merciful he was with the Ummah. There was one thing that he liked, that he preferred. And he had the strength, the capacity okay, to pray isha' that late. He had that strength. The Prophet ﷺ had more strength compared to the average man. But he knew that it would be difficult upon the Ummah. Not just the Muslims of that time, but the entire Ummah. Because if he established a practice and his companions with their zeal and enthusiasm and their love for the Prophet they also cooperated with him. But for the rest of the ummah, it would be very, very difficult to pray isha this late consistently. So he gave up what he liked. Why? For the convenience of his ummah. But this doesn't mean that we abandon that altogether. This means that sometimes even we should perform isha late. Not because... We were too lazy to pray it early, but we choose to pray it late because that is what the Prophet liked. And we also see over here the curiosity of the Tabirin, that how they wanted he wanted to know exactly where the Prophet's hand was. Because he hadn't seen him, but he wanted to know what he did. Because when you love someone and when you haven't seen them, when you haven't met them, then what happens? You ask every little thing about them. What were they wearing? Right? And how tall are they? And how old are they? Every little description, which people find very irrelevant and many people don't understand, but you understand and you want to know because of your love for them. Bab al-isha ila The time of Isha is until half of the night, meaning until the middle of the night. And what is the night? From when? The sun sets until the sun rises. So halfway point is when the time of Isha ends. So if a person were to perform Isha after the middle of the night, that would be قضاء. and before that they can pray and we see that the Prophet ﷺ also when he delayed the Isha prayer the maximum he delayed was until the middle of the night not beyond that and in the Quran also what do we learn? أَقِمَ الصَّلَاتَ لِدُلُوكِ الشَّمْسِ إِلَى غَسَقِ, الليل. غسق الليل is referring to half of the night وَقَالَ أَبُوْ بَرْزَةَ And Abu Barza said, كَانَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The Prophet وسلم used to, يَسْتَحِبُّ تَأْخِيرَهَا He used to prefer delaying it. Even though most of the time, he performed it early, because that was convenient for the people. But what is it that he liked to do? Delay it. حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدُ الرَّحِيمِ الْمُحَارِبِي قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا زَائِدَةُ عَنْ حُمَيْدٍ الطَّوِيلِ عَنْ أَنَسٍ قَالَ أَخْرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الصَّلَاتِ الْعِشَاءِ إِلَى نصف اللَّيْلِ The Prophet ﷺ deferred the Ishaat prayer until the middle of the night. ثُمَّ صَلَّى Then he prayed, ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, قَدْ صلى النَّاسُ وَنَامُوا Many people, they performed their salah and they went to sleep. أَمَا إِنَّكُمْ But you... فِي salatin You were in prayer as long as you were waiting for it. Meaning, everybody else they just prayed, went to bed. But you waited for salah, meaning waited to pray with the Prophet And the whole time that you were waiting, the entire duration, is written as, if you were praying. Waiting is something that's very difficult. Even if it's waiting for five minutes. It's very, very difficult. Recently, in the winter break, we had to travel and seven hour flight seemed like 24 hours. Because what happens? As you're waiting, you keep looking, okay, how much time has passed? How much time has passed? How much time has, you know, is left? And it seems as though those minutes are passing like hours. So waiting is something that's very difficult. But if a person reminds themselves at this time of the rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised, then waiting becomes easier. And if a person is waiting in the masjid, and the imam shows up one minute late, two minutes late, people start panicking. Hmm? They get so worried. They get upset. They get angry. Sometimes there is a genuine reason a person has to go back to work or something. And if the masjid has said that the salah will begin at a particular time, then that's understandable. But still, realize that the imam is a human being. If you have the need to use the washroom at the last time, at the last moment, you can easily go. The imam also is a human being. He also needs to go. So remember that if you're waiting for those two, three minutes, those five minutes, if you're waiting with sabr, then inshallah, ajr is preserved. It's as though you are in salah. Wazada ibn Abi Maryamah, akhbarana yahya ibn Ayyub, haddathani humaydun, sami'a anasan, ka'ani anzuru. Anas, he said, when narrating this, ka'ani anzuru, as if I can see ila to see the whiteness the white glint, the shine of خاتمه, of his ring, ليلة إذن, of that night. أنا صلى when he narrated this, he said, when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said this to us, you know, I, I can as though see the shine of his ring when he was talking, when he was speaking to us. باب فضلي al Fajri The excellence, the virtue of the fajr prayer. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن إسماعيل. We have read this hadith earlier, so I'm just going to read over the Arabic. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن إسماعيل حدثنا قيس قال لي جرير بن عبد الله كنا عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذ نظر إلى القمر ليلة البدر. فَقَالَ اما انكم سترون ربكم كما ترون هذا لا تضامون او لا تضاهون في رؤيته فان استطعتم ان لا تغلبوا على صَلَاتٍ قبل طلوع الشمس وقبل غروبها فافعلوا ثم قال فسبح بحمد ربك قبل طلوع الشمس وقبل غروبها in the previous version we read the word لا تضامون here we read the word تضاهون as well تضاهون is from dahi ضحي. Bahyun. ضَادْ هَا إيه. And ضَهِيٌ is to be similar, to resemble Now when things resemble, it's difficult to tell them apart And sometimes it happens that you see so many people, they resemble one another And later on you try to recall, did I see that person there or not? Hmm? You're not sure whether or not you saw them Like for example, if there's so many white hijabs that you see every day Then when you're thinking about who was present and who was not, you can't recall if a particular person was present or not. When you try to remember that scene, you can see so many faces. So you're confused, you're not sure. So لا تضاهون means that you won't have any confusion in seeing Allah. Meaning you'll see Him clearly, very easily, very clearly, and you will know that you saw Him you'll be certain about the fact that you saw him. You'll be sure about it. You'll have no doubt, no doubt at all in seeing him. But this is for the one who performs his Salah with Salah, salatul al-Fajr and salatul al-Asr on time. He does not miss them. حَدَّثَنَا هُدْبَةُ بْنُ خَالِدُ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا هَمَّامُ حَدَّثَنِي أَبُو جَمْرَ عَنْ أَبِي بَكْرِ بْنِ أَبِي مُوسَى عَنْ أَبِيهِ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ من صلى البردينى من صلى البردينى دخل الجنة. He said, whoever performs the two cool prayers, دخل الجنة, he will enter Jannah. وَقَالَ ابْنُ رَجَاءٍ حَدَّثَنَا هَمَامٌ عَنْ أَبِي جَمْرَةَ أَنَّ أَبَا بَكْرَ بْنِ عَمْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ قَيْسٍ أَخْبَرَهُ بِهَذَا. Now, the two cool prayers. Which ones are they? Fajr and Asr. Why is Fajr the cool prayer? One of the two cool prayers. How is it? A time that is cool. Yes, because it's before the heat comes. It's before the heat of the day comes. And also it's the coolest, meaning the most comforting part of the night. In the sense that comforting, there's different types of cold, right? One cold is, is extreme. It's not comfortable at all. And another is that which is very comfortable. Now in the middle of the night, you'll be very cold. But at Fajr time, It is cold compared to the heat of the day, but still it is bearable. Alhamdulillah, I got to visit England in this um, winter break and people had scared us a lot. It's going to be very cold, it's going to be very cold. But when I got there, I realized that the cold over there was very, very good in the sense that you can tolerate it very easily, which is why people have their windows open. Yes, people have their windows open. You'll see people walking outside without jackets, And you'll see people walking outside so much like you don't see over here. Why? Because that cold is bearable. But over here, وَلَيُلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ Sometimes it gets very dry. And it's very chilly. Like it almost bites you. So that's why even though you love fresh air, you want to open the windows, but you can only open it for a few minutes and you have to close them. You dare to go outside without a jacket, but you run back inside. So, there's different kinds of cold, right? So, Fajr has been called the cool prayer. Why? Because it is at a time when it is cold, but that cold is nice and bearable. And Asr is called the cool prayer because it is the coolest part of the day. So, one right before sunrise and the other before sunset. Now, in this hadith, what do we learn? Whoever performs the two cool prayers, this is not a small thing. He will enter Jannah. In a hadith in Sahih Muslim, we learn that he who performs Salah before the rising of the sun and before its setting, meaning the Fajr and Asr, he will not enter hellfire. So in the hadith of Bukhari we learn such a person will enter Jannah. The hadith of Muslim tells us he will not enter hellfire. But performing the two prayers regularly. In other hadith in Muslim, he who offers the Fajr prayers will come under the protection of Allah. He will have Allah's protection. And this protection is not just limited to the life of this world, not just limited to that day, but it extends to the hereafter as well. Because it is Allah's protection that will take a person to Jannah and will save him from hellfire. O son of Adam, beware, lest Allah should call you to account in any respect from his protection. Why? Why? Because you missed your fajr. So if you miss your fajr, beware Allah may hold you accountable in the sense that He might take His protection away from you and you may suffer seriously on that day. Haddatana Ishaq ran Habban, Haddatana Hammam, Haddatana Abu Jamrah and Abi Bakribni Abdillah An Abihi and in Abiyu Salahu alayhi wa salama mitlahu. Bab waqtil fajri. So what is the time of fajr? When is it that fajr should be performed? Now the time of Fajr it begins when when the time of Zuhr ends. So when the time of Zuhr ends, the time of Fajr begins. Now what is that time in the Quran? As we learn, hatta aswadi min al-fajr." So at that time of dawn is when Fajr, the time of Fajr prayer, begins. It is said that this is this time is called the second dawn. The second dawn, the brightness, because this is basically when brightness comes in, it enters, and it begins to spread. How? It begins with brightness appearing along the horizon, obviously in the east, and the brightness extends north to south. So basically, you see it coming forth and spreading. And the first dawn, it occurs approximately an hour before this. And the first dawn, it is followed by darkness. Darkness for an entire hour. But the second dawn is followed by light. Haddathana Amr ibn Asim qala haddathana hammam an qadada an ânasin an nazeid ibn thabitin haddathahu anna hum tasaharu that they had suhur ma'an nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They had suhur with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Summa qamu ila salah. And then they got up to perform the salah. قُلْتُ I asked, كَمْ بَيْنَهُمَا How much was between them? Meaning, how much time was between your eating suhoor and your performing fajr? He said, "Qadru خَمْسِينَ أو سِتِّينَ يعني آيَة The amount of time that it would take a person to recite about 50 or 60 verses. Now, 50 or 60 verses, how long would it take you, an average person, to recite them? And these verses are of average length 10 minutes or less Okay, 10 minutes or less It would take a person So what does it show? That as soon as Fajr began The Prophet prayed At this time of 10 minutes Why was this given? Because people just finished eating Okay They have to wrap up, put the food away One person has to go perform wudu Another person has to go wash up there are other people coming from their houses. So as they came, the Prophet performed Fajr. But we see that there was only a gap of 10 minutes between Suhoor and Salatul Fajr. And for us, many times it takes half an hour, 45 minutes. So we see that he ate Suhoor late and he prayed Fajr early. حَدَّثْنَا Hassan ibn صَبَّاحِ سمع روحا حدثنا سعيد عن قتادة عن أنس بن مالك أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وزيد بن ثابت The Prophet and Zayd bin Thabit, both of them did suhur together. فلم And by the way, this shows to us that it is okay to have suhur with different people, meaning with other people than your family, and even at the masjid, there is no harm. فلم That when they were both done with their suhur. قام نَبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى الصلاة. The Prophet صلى الله عليه got up in order to perform salah. فصلى then he prayed. قلنا لأنس we said to Anas كم كان بين فراغهما من سحورهما that how much time was there between فراغهما من سحورهما their فراغ from their سحور meaning when they were done with their سحور how much time was there between that time and they're beginning the prayer. They're entering the prayer, meaning they're starting the prayer. So, how much time was there? Qala he said, qadru the amount ma خَمْسِينَ ayah. That a man would recite 50 verses. So, again, this shows that the Prophet ﷺ ate zuhur and prayed fajr immediately after. There was just enough time to wash up and put the food away and wait for other people to come. Now, there's one. Question over here, which is that does this mean that between suhur and fajr there should be a time in which a person doesn't eat, doesn't drink, okay, in the case of the person who is fasting, and he doesn't even perform fajr? Because there are some people who say that imsak should be observed between suhur and fajr. So for instance they say that if Fajr begins at 6.15 then you stop eating at 6 o'clock. Have you heard this? And I'm sure this has created a lot of confusion and doubt because we learned that the Prophet said eat until the last moments. In the Quran also what do we learn? Eat and drink until the last moments, right? So this is the evidence that has been taken by the people who say that there should be a period of imsak between suhur and fajr, that you should basically finish suhur early. Okay, imsak meaning refraining from what eating and drinking. So you finish suhur early, you leave the time of ten to twenty minutes. Okay. Now Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin, he was asked about some timetables which give the time of imsak as being approximately fifteen minutes before fajr. So he said, this is a kind of a bid'ah which has no basis in the sunnah. Rather, the sunnah is to do the opposite. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, eat and drink until the white thread of dawn appears to you distinct from the black thread of the night. Meaning, the time of fajr begins. And the Prophet said, Bilal gives the adhan at night. So eat and drink until you hear the adhan of Ibn Umm Maktum. For he does not give the adhan until dawn comes. So what did he say? Eat and drink until you hear the adhan of Ibn Umm Because he gives the adhan when dawn comes. So eat and drink until dawn comes. Meaning until Fajr enters. He said this imsak, which some of the people do, is in addition to that which Allah has enjoined. So it is false. It is a kind of extremism in religion. And the Prophet ﷺ said, those who go to extremes are doomed. So we should refrain from this. So in the sunnah, in the Quran, what's the simple thing that we learn? That you eat and drink until the time of fajr begins. And in these ahadiths, where we see that 10 minutes were left, that's normal. They didn't ask this question to know if there was a time of imsak, but to know how early did the Prophet ﷺ pray fajr? How early did he pray? Did he pray when it was bright, or did he pray when it was dark? Did he pray immediately, or did he give some time? When did he pray? This is the reason why they asked this question. And the following hadith clarifies this even further. Haddathana Ismail ibn Abi Uwasin, an Akhihi, an Sulaymana, an Abi Hazim, annahu semi'a sahla ibn sa yakulu, he said, Kuntu, I used to atasaharu fi ahli. I used to have suhur in my family, meaning with my family at home. Thumma yakunu sur'atun bi then I would be in a rush and udrika salat al-fajri to catch the fajr salah ma'a rasoolillahi sallallahu alayhi wa with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So what do we see here? Everybody would not eat suhoor with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Okay? People had suhoor in their homes also. And if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ate his last bite and instantly, you know, rinsed his mouth and began fajr, then would everybody be able to pray with him? No. They wouldn't be able to pray with him. So this time was left in the middle for the ease of people. And also remember that you also have to pray your sunnah. Now this is when the fard was begun. Now those 10 minutes were left for sunnah. It doesn't mean that you have to stop eating early. Because the way of the Prophet was that he ate suhoor until the last minute and he prayed fajr early. حدثنا يحيى بن بكير قال أخبرنا الليث عن عقيل عن ابن شهاب قال أخبرني عروة بن الزبير أن عائشة أخبرته قالت كنا نساء المؤمنات that they were believing women يشهدنا they used to كنا they used to يشهدنا be present meaning they used to attend مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلاة الفجر they would be present with the Prophet for Salatul Fajr, meaning they used to go to the masjid in order to perform Fajr prayers with him. And how would they go? متلفعات بمروطهن متلفعات, wrapped up. In what? مروطهن, in their garments. ثُمَّ يَنْقَلِبْنَ إِلَى بُيُوتِهِنَّ Then after the prayers, they would return to their houses. When? حِينَ يَقْضِينَ الصَّلَاةِ after performing the prayer, la yarifu أحد ahadun. No one would be able to recognize them, meaning al from the dark, meaning because of the dark. So, what does this show? That the Prophet ﷺ used to perform fajr early. So, the time of fajr begins as soon as suhoor ends. And once it begins, the habit of the Prophet ﷺ was that he would pray immediately after that, soon after that. Just enough time was given for the people to perform their wudu and gather together. And the Prophet ﷺ prayed Fajr long in the sense that he would recite up to a hundred verses. And after that when the people would go home, we see that the women would not even be recognized. Why? Because it was dark. And in the other hadith that we learned earlier, we learned that a person could then barely recognize a person sitting next to him. بَابْ مَنْ أَدْرَكَ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ رَكْعَةً The one who gets in one raka'ah of fajr. The person who finds one rakar of fajr. So the ideal, the best situation is that a person performs fajr early. And by the time he ends, then the brightness is entering. But sometimes it may happen for some genuine reason that a person is not able to get up early or perform salah early. Sometimes it happens that you get up on time But as you get up, the children also get up. And then one needs one thing and the other needs one thing and then one needs to be changed and the other needs to be fed. And you had an hour, two hours, and now you have 20 minutes left. 30 minutes left. So it's a genuine reason. Sometimes their needs are urgent that have to be responded to immediately. So in that case, salah has been deferred. Or for instance, a person, he intended to wake up, but he wasn't able to wake up. And he wakes up as just before the sun is about to rise. So literally five minutes before the sun is about to rise. Two minutes. Ten minutes before the sun is going to rise. So in that case, should he pray? Yes, he should. Because if a person is able to perform even one rak'ah on time, then he has managed to perform that prayer on time. And by the way, this shows to us that fajr can be prayed until the sun begins to rise. You begin... The time of Fajr enters when? When Suhoor ends. And the time of Fajr ends when? When the sun begins to rise. Haddathana Abdullah <laughs> ibn Maslamata an Malikin, an Zayd ibn Aslam, an Ata ibn Yasar, wan Busri ibn Said, wan al A'raj, yuhaddithuna huan Abi Hurairah. An Rasulallah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam call Man adraka minasubhi raka'atan. Whoever finds one raka'ah. Of the morning prayer. قَبْلَ أَن تَطُلُعَ الشَّمْسُ Before the sun rises, فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ الصبح. Then he has caught the Fajr prayer. وَمَنْ أَدْرَكَ رَكَعَةً مِنَ الْعَصْرِ And whoever manages to perform one raka'ah of asr, قَبْلَ أَن تَغْرُبَ الشَّمْسُ Before the sun sets, فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ الْعَصْرِ Then he has done asr, meaning in time. So he has not missed the prayer. It is not qada. He did manage to perform it. However, remember that this should not be habit. Meaning once a person is awake, then they shouldn't keep saying, oh, there's still half an hour. There's still 15 minutes. There's still 10 minutes. No. Once you have woken up and you have enough time to pray, then pray as soon as possible. Don't defer it. Because when a person keeps deferring it like this, then what happens? Then one day comes when a person misses it. Right? Because you develop a body clock. And if you have a habit of waking up at 7.30, then what will happen? Even if you set up an alarm for 6 o'clock, what will happen? You won't be able to get up then. You'll only be able to get up at 7.30. And the time will come when 7.30 will be too late for salah. Then what will you do then? A person was mentioned before the Prophet and he was told that he had kept on sleeping until morning. And he did not get up for fajr prayer. The Prophet said, Shaytan urinated in his ears. Just imagine. This is Hadith of Bukhari as well. man min salati Rakatan, The one who catches one raka'ah of the salah. Meaning this is not limited to Fajr and Asr prayer only. This is general with all the prayers. This applies to all the prayers. Zuhur prayer, Maghrib prayer. Meaning if a person manages to perform even one raka'ah before the time ends, then he has performed the salah. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن ابن شهاب عن أبي سلمة بن عبد الرحمن عن أبي هريرة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من أدرك ركعة whoever finds one ركعة من salah from the salah فقد أدرك then he has found the salah meaning he has caught the prayer he has attended it he has performed it بعد حتى Performing the salah after Fajr, حتى until ترتفع الشمس, Until the sun rises. So in other words, praying between Fajr and sunrise. Praying between Fajr and sunrise. Because when you pray salah early, when you have so much time on your hands, then you wonder, what can I do? And you recite the Quran, you do your adhkar. So you ask, you wonder sometimes, can I Perform Nawafil? Is it okay to perform Nawafil at this time? Between Fajr and Sunrise? حدثنا حفظ بن عمر قال حدثنا Hisham عن قتاد عن أبي العالية عن ابن عباس قال he said Shahida. He was present عندي near me رجال من مرضيون مرضيون What does it mean? مرضي One who is pleasing Okay And Basically, it means reliable. So, Rijalun Mardiyun, reliable men. Meaning, some reliable men were with me, they came to me, or I was with them. عندي, and the most reliable of them near me is who? Umar. So, Umar was one of those people. And what did they say? Shahida, meaning they testified, they said this that anna nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha 'an al-salat he forbade from the prayer after subh after fajr prayer hatta until tushriq al until the sun rises wa ba'd and after asr an hatta until taghrib until it sets so basically what did all of these companions reliable companions say That after a person has performed their fajr prayer Or their asr prayer Then they should not pray any salah Until the sun has risen Or until the sun has set And obviously this will be which prayer? Nawafil prayers They should refrain from praying Nawafil prayers In these two times However remember From other ahadith We do learn about certain exceptions And what we understand is that if there is a sabab, a reason behind praying a particular prayer at these times, then it is permissible to do that. Meaning that, let me give you an example. In a hadith we learned that once a companion he was found praying salah after fajr. The Prophet asked him. And what did he say? That I missed my sunnah. Hmm? He missed his sunnah. So now, he wanted to pray his sunnah. And the Prophet was silent, meaning he approved of it. So there was a reason for praying those two rakat. What was that reason? The sunnah prayers, he could not pray before, he missed it, so he was praying now. Likewise, there could be a reason such as the Hiyatul masjid. Because the Prophet he said, we learn from so many ahadiths that first the prayer, and then, something else, like that companion who came asking the Prophet for the price of the camel. Right? And what did he say to him? Pray first. He told him, pray first. So, the al-masjid, there is a reason. You perform asr at home, you come to the masjid to attend a halaqah. And now you want to sit down. But before you sit down, you wish to pray tahiyyat al-masjid. You can. It's permissible. Likewise, a person is in the haram and they're performing tawaf after asr prayer or let's say they are doing their umrah and they want to perform the two nafil of the tawaf, can they perform them? yes they can, why? because there is a reason to do that likewise kusuf, the eclipse prayer if it happens at that time no problem janazah, there is a sabab, there is a reason no problem, but if there is no sabab and a person says I just feel like praying two nawafil I have ten minutes let me pray some extra nawafil, no you should refrain from that. Only a prayer, for which there is a reason, should be performed at these two times. Otherwise, one should refrain from it. حدثنا مسددا قال حدثنا يحيى عن شعبة عن قتادة سمعت أبى العالية عن ابن عباس قال حدثني ناس بهذا. Ibn Abbas said, some people told me about this. In the previous version, what do we learn? شهيد عندي رجال مرضيون. Over here, he said, some people. No, you see, this is the time before sunrise and fajr. Okay? Before sunrise and fajr. While the sun is rising, a person should not pray. Even if a person has missed their fajr prayer, they couldn't even catch one rakar. Like for example, it says sunrise is at 7.51, for instance. And a person wakes up at 7.51. Or they wake up at 7.52. Now the sun has already started to rise. Now they will not pray. Now they will wait until the sun has fully risen and then they will pray. However, if they wake up at 7.50, let's say, and they know that they can do their wudu really quickly and they can manage to perform one rakah, let's say, they're able to. And besides, these clock times, they're not that accurate. I mean, they are very accurate, but still they're not 100% sure. So, In that case, a person will perform their fajr. This is talking about nawafil prayers. okay? Nawafil prayers before sunrise and before sunset. When it comes to fard prayer, if you haven't performed it, you will perform it, even if you can catch one rakah. If the sun has begun to set or it has begun to rise, then a person should refrain from that as the following ahadith will clarify inshaAllah. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك السلام عليكم وَرَحْمَةُ الله وبركاته